I feel devotion. I feel devotion. I feel uh, the devotion. I feel devotion. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Devotion Podcast. I'm Joan Marcet, recording from an overpriced flat in Berlin, Germany. And 2,000 kilometers away from here, also recording, is my dear friend Aniol, a.k.a. Any Hoops, safe from Mithkorrat Natovich claws. What up, Annie? What up, Joan? Awesome day to begin with because we had this huge bomb in form of Thomas Hertel parting ways with Barcelona. Even when there's no EuroLeague round, things got heated a lot in EuroLeague basketball these days. Exactly. We're really looking forward to talk about it. Today we bring a special episode. It was just supposed to be one including our new opinion segment, but then news happened. Annie already mentioned it. Some news happened. So we're going to divide it in two. We've got the latest on this year's more dramatic soap opera in the EuroLeague finishing. And then we start with a new segment. Does that sound right to you, Annie? Amazing. Perfect. I can't wait, man. Can't wait. So let's get right into it. Hey. Want to know what's new in Europe? So, the drama between FC Barcelona and Ertel is over, for now, at least. He's now a free agent after club and player reached an agreement. Annie, what happened? And, and most important, where is Ertel going to play? Joan, could we agree that we're living the soap opera of the season so far or what? Definitely, man. I cannot remember the last time there was so much drama in the EuroLeague. John, you were you were asking, what do you think Ertel will play from now on? And I think there's no easy answer to this question. And the thing is that maybe he will not play in any team until next year. And what about Because... next year? Where is he going to play so, next year? Well, Chema de Lucas, a very popular Twitch star in Spain, said that he had a close deal with Real Madrid. So finally, it seems that Ertel will end where he wanted at the beginning. So it's going to be interesting. Just I'm just imagining next year's being able to be back on Palau Laurana and watching Tomás Ertel coming back with Los Blancos. I mean, it's going to be a crazy environment for sure. Man, it's going to be spicy. It's gonna, the Clásicos were spicy, but from now on, they will be even spicier. Annie, I need your opinion. Will you boo Tomás Ertel when he comes back or not? No. I'm sorry, but no. I mean, Tomás Hertel is one of my favorite players has ever played with Football Club Barcelona. He's the classiest guy I've ever seen play. So I'm sorry, but no. It's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a great addition for Real Madrid. And an addition of seeing if Pablo Lasso will be able to make them happy in a, in a basketball way of playing. So they're going to play uh, much different than here with Jessica Vicious. And I think that is a place that he will feel really comfortable. Do you see him fitting right in with Real Madrid squad next year? Yeah. The only question, the only doubt that makes me hesitate about him uh, playing for Real Madrid is the defense. I don't know how Lasso will allow Ertel to play defense. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's good for them and they will play as always like, at 90 points and try to win. If you score 93 points, try them to score 95. 
I think I think Artel sounds like a good player I would like in my team if I want to score 100 every game. Yeah, and also it's going to be like Tomas Artel and Nikola Mirotic facing each other. One a former Real Madrid player and one former Barcelona player playing with the eternal rival. It's going to be a fun thing to watch. It's going to be fun because now without Tomic, there was just Mirotic that used to play for Real Madrid and now it's an FC Barcelona. But as you mentioned, with Ertel in Real Madrid, there's going to be one, let's call it for fun, traitor. We No one's a traitor, yeah. but let's call it just for fun. Annie, I want you to explain me something. How is it that Ertel is not joining Real Madrid this season already? Like, why not until next season? Ertel had to give in something so he could agree with Barcelona and part ways as they finally did. Barcelona didn't want him to play with Los Blancos, but they knew that at some point he would. They arrived to an agreement where he could, uh, well, Barcelona will, I, I, I suppose he, Barcelona will pay a lot of money to Thomas Ertel, not the whole amount of money Ertel wanted, but in exchange, Ertel will have to wait until next season to play with Real Madrid. So I guess that Tomás Ertel will not play for another team this season. He will be preparing by himself the next Olympic Games and we'll see what happens with the national French team. I think he will going to play for sure. Also, in these in-between games that national teams have during throughout the season. And then next year, after the Olympic Games, Tomás Ertel will play for Real Madrid. So, so now he's basically a French a French national team player until next year. Yeah, because I don't think it's worth it to play for another team and taking the risk of being injured, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally see that. Uh, do you think he will be preparing himself already in Madrid when he's not hmm. with the national team or will he will he stay in France in the meantime? I don't know. Or maybe even in Barcelona. Remember that he's from a city in France that's really close to, to Barcelona. I think it's a two hours drive. Would be fun. Would be fun to see mm -hmm. him. If you see him around, send, send greetings. Tell him to listen to the Devotion podcast, please. I will. I will. So <laughs> there were a couple of lesser news today. Urbonas, the journalist, already mentioned that Kylo Quinn is in advanced talks with Fenerbahce to join the Turkish teams. The last episode, we just mentioned that Sanan Musa was joining Efes. And now Fenerbahce maybe got a bit of cold feet and they also wanted an NBA experience player. Any, any quick remarks on, on what O'Quinn can do for Fenerbahce? Well, John, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of episodes ago, we said, we launched a teaser saying that Fenerbahce was also in talks with another great player. In the end, it seems Kylo Quinn, I think it's going to be a, a great addition, the veteran player, former NBA. I think like right now, well, he has no team, but he's been playing last years in the NBA mm -hmm. and he's a rock man. He's a rock on defense and he going to add a lot of toughness to the Turkish team. I think it's a great, a great, great, great addition for Fenerbahce. Definitely. He obviously will not be like, like Ekpeudo the year that they won the championship, but I have the feeling that they couldn't have this very powerful interior power with him and Vesely together on the court as well. Let's see how that yeah. works. Also, and by the way, as Annie mentioned, you already heard it first in Devotion that something was coming for Fenerbahce. Annie always brings us the freshest news. Mm. And also, you could read in our Twitter timeline today that Rudy Fernandez, after that ugly fall, it's not going to be a serious injury. Manny reported that during the day today. For how long do you think he will be out, if he will be out at, at any point? I don't know, Joan, because 
that's the tricky part. A, a regular player, maybe with one week or a few days, would be okay. But we know that Rudy's back is something that is, is a pain in the ass for him. You know, he's been for years with this back hurting a lot. So I don't know. I think we'll have to wait some days and then let's see how he evolves and how he feels. I don't think that Paolo Lasso will be in a hurry to make him play again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't if I would be him. Tonight, uh, as we are recording this podcast, it's about to start a postponed game between Olympiacos and Asbel in France where the Greeks will try to get a revenge win. When we air this episode, this game will be already happened. So I want your opinion to see if we will look very bad tomorrow with uh, if the team we are saying is going to win doesn't win tonight. Annie, who are you getting? Who are you picking for this one? Well, to be honest, we are not really used to back-to-back games against the same team here in the EuroLeague. Looks like the playoffs event, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think Olympiacos will get the the revenge and the victory. They had a lousy game against the French team last week. So I think they're going to make things better this time. Yeah, I mean, it was a close game and Lucas only scored two points. I think that if he's on his usual averages, they are going to take care mm. of business. I don't see Olympiacos stepping on the same rock twice. The, the thing, Juan, is do you think that is Lucas is already exhausted? Because this guy is playing a lot of minutes. He is, but there's a really good news for Olympiacos. That is that uh, Harrison is back in the lineup. He's not Slukas, of course, but he can give maybe a bit more rest, especially if with Slukas on the floor, they manage to get an advantage already. Let's see. Let's see. I'm looking forward to see that, to see what happens. And I'm sure that I'm sure Olympiacos will play and we will look very good when we are this episode tomorrow. Mm. Annie, you ready for a new segment? I'm ready. Hope or bloop. So, welcome to Hoop or Bloop. This last round was the third of the second half of the season, which is crazy. The playoffs are around the corner. Anyway, this section is going to be conducted by Annie. So we are going to switch our roles a little bit. He's going to be the anchorman for this section. And I'm going to be kind of the analyst. I'm sorry already for the poor analysis compared to Annie's one. But <laughs> I'm sorry, you'll have to deal with it. Annie, take it from here. What is Hoop or Bloop? So... In this case, the EuroLeague launched its dope mid-season GM survey, where they ask really juicy questions to all 18 EuroLeague general managers, Juan. And now we're going to read what they voted, and we're going to call it hoop or bloop. So here it goes. First of all, MVP, Mike James with a 63% of the votes. Is it a hoop, Juan, or a bloop? Call it hoop. Because for me, until now, he's been the MVP, man. Second in index ranking, not first. It's He's behind Mirotic, but he's played six more games than him. It's true that FC Barcelona won in Cesca's court, but they are still leading. They are first. He's the best player in the best team so far. Call it hoop. Let's see by the end of the season if Mirotic catch up. He was second, by the way, on this survey. But Mike James representing Portland, Oregon. There you go. So I think, obviously... The MVP award is going to be either for Mike James or Nikola Mirotic. Is it true that Mike James is a more spectacular pay- player, maybe? But also Mirotic is more capable of grabbing rebounds. He passes more the ball, even though he's a center. And Mike James is a, a point guard, but James is who he is. So we have to love it for him and hate it also. So, yeah, I mean, 
it's a safe bet to think that Mike James will win the MVP. Also, maybe it will depend on how they end the regular season and why not if they win the Final Four or not. For me, it's going to go down to which of the two teams you mentioned, FC Barcelona or Seska, ends on top. And if Mirotic ends up playing around, you know, 28 games, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think if he plays less than that and Mike James managed to play like more than 30, then probably, probably James will take it. Bring me my next statement, man. I'm, I'm excited. I want to I wanna hear more. I want to call it. I want to call it hoop or bloop. I think th this one has more juice. Most surprising team, Bayern Munich with a 72%, Johan. Hoop or bloop? Bloop. For me, the most surprising team can be no other than Zenit, the Russians. Chai Pascual did it again, man. Remember that squad last year? They were dead. They were not last, but almost on the standings for a big chunk of the season. Actually, they were last. And they were the most dismantled team, to call them something. Like, no one was really playing any kind of organized basketball. Pascual took that team and he rescued Pangos as an elite floor general. Mm -hmm. They just got a convincing win against Zalgiris and they are sitting fourth right now. Uh, they also have an eight and two away record, 10 road games, eight wins. That's crazy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love Trincheri and what he's doing in Munich, but what Chai Pascual and his old-fashioned defensive-minded style of play did in St. Petersburg, it's crazy. Uh, by the way, one day we will need to make a special about Chavi Pascual's voice, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a good special episode. Joan, I think that what people are forgetting about is that, yeah, of course, now they are in the fourth position, they're standing fourth, but they have played two games less than, for example, Barcelona. So if Zenit wins these two games they have still for, uh, to play, they're going to be like, even with Barcelona. And remember that the only game Zenit and Barca have played, the Russians took it over the, uh, the game. So they would stand seconds. I mean, let's, crazy, crazy work. By let's make Pascual. a crazy bet. If Zenit finish second in front of FC Barcelona, I'll send you a six pack of beers from Berlin to Barcelona. Okay, deal. So I think that Bayern at, in the end, yeah, it's, um, could be a, the most surprising team to vote, but with a 72%, come on, make it a little bit, I don't know, 50-50, yeah, you know? I was very, very confused by how overwhelmingly everyone voted for Bayern. It was, it's not like there are no other teams doing great this season. <laughs> but yeah, well, they are GMs. I guess they know more, but I'm, I'm calling BS anyway on that. Next one, Joan. Best coach. Saruna Jasikevich is with the 27% of the votes. Okay, Yanni. You can prepare your Homer antics for me, but I'm going to call it Bloop. Hey, I love Saras, okay? But show some love to Aito, man. Alvas Roster is one of Europe's youngest and cheapest, and he always have them playing at a very high level without super fun to watch basketball. Give it to the OG, man. Give it to the old guy. Break him in. I mean, you know, now they are not going to make the playoffs, but I have to say that this six-game losing streak, most of it was without him because he was home with coronavirus. So... Yeah, I think with Aito, maybe they, they would be still in playoff contention. Shout out to the Maestro now that he's back. Shout outs, shout outs. Can't wait to see him again in Mercedes-Benz Arena. And why not Trinchieri or even Pascual? So 
I think that if we were uh, talking about the most surprising thing, this is a huge merit by the, the coaches, either Tinkeri uh, for Bayern Munich or Pascual for Zenit. So it feels a little bit funny here. I, I mean, I think Jessica Vicius has um, a popularity right now in the EuroLeague that give these uh, kind of, not awards, but you know, these little medals. So you think he would deserve it if he would have the exact same record as he has with F Barcelona, but if he would still in Zalgiris, then you would understand that. That's it. With Barcelona, everything is easier, I think. Well, maybe it's not easier, okay, because you have a lot of egos. But when we're talking about the most surprising thing, it's not because they have a player that was unknown and now he's in an NBA level. Mm-hmm. In, not in these cases. Of course, they have great players, but it's, it was mainly because of the, the coach they have. I totally agree. I totally agree. And actually, um, even after Aito, because you know that he's my, my go-to guy, I would have to choose as well Tinker or Pascual. Definitely. Definitely. And maybe so, Joan, by the yeah. Sorry, one last remark. Maybe by the end of the year, if they still third without Campacho and Randolph, also I would consider Lasso as well. Yeah, but that's true. We can just pick one, and I already talked about five. So <laughs> I guess I guess I have to narrow it down. At, at least this twenty-seven percent shows that there was a lot of different opinions here. Definitely. It was not a only boys and only unanimous. <laughs> Both. So next one. Let's go with the young guys. Okay, here most rising star. Rokas Jokubaitis with the 62%. Hoop or bloop? Hoop. Hoop, 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 hoop. Not even close for me. Like it was kind of the most depressing result though, because when we were discussing this, we were looking for someone that could be at his same level, you know, more or less. And you mentioned Fontecchio, and I was like, like, no way, dude. Like He's like 25. He's not a rising star anymore. Like, well, guess who's also 25? Annie here, <laughs> Annie Hoops here and I, we are also 25 on my way to 26. And we cannot be considered young players anymore. I assume that leaves us which, I don't know, which role would you say? Solid veterans are we now, Annie? What, what, what's, what's our role? I, I don't know, but it's so depressing, Joan. It's so depressing when, when these kind of things happen. It's, it's really depressing. Like, Jokubaitis is way younger than me. Well, in any case, let's, let's give it to him because he deserves it. 7.7 points, almost three assists, almost three rebounds. He almost have two turnovers per game, but, but he, he got it. This kid got it. He, he's going he's gonna to be around for long, long, long. Another uh, of my favorite awards, pure shooter, the GM said Cal Curic with a 27%. Juan, Hooper Blow. I'm gonna call it hoop and bloop. Both. Oh, does this it, one. Is that I, possible? I can do that because it's our it's our show. Okay. No one else. No one else can we, do that. We make the rules here. No one else. If we ever <laughs> invite someone, he will not be allowed to do this. But we can. So okay. If they are just talking about this season, the GMs, then then I understand. Because I mean the dude is a volume shooter who's shooting above 60% from three. Like it's like the guy can miss and and he's giving us amazing performances every night. But number two by the GMs was voted Mike James, which was very weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, right. And he, he's not a pure shooter to me. Yeah, I mean, he, he ranks second in three points attempted, uh, and he's 40% this year. But would you call him a pure shooter? And where the hell is JC Carroll, Joan? Where the hell is JC Carroll? <laughs> I, think, I think here is where it's confusing to me, because if you ask who's the best pure shooter, period, 
then it must be JC Carroll. Like, dude is a killer. He's, he's been doing it for 10 years in the EuroLeague, and he's got a 42% three-point percentage for his career. He's just a nightmare. Like, that's why maybe the whole question was, who's the best pure shooter this season? But that's not how the EuroLeague posted on their website. So Yeah. Yeah, a, a little bit confusing and disappointing that thing that they just completely forget about Jesse Carroll, maybe because he's 37, because he's not playing the same amount of minutes he used to. Come on, show some respect here. Yeah, definitely. And you, you and I have suffered some Carroll performances at the Palau, but we will always have his back because he's, of course, he's of amazing. course, he's amazing. If you like basketball, you have to like him. You like Jesse Carroll. If you like basketball, yeah. you like Jesse Carroll. Next one, Juan. Most spectacular player. Again, Mike James here. The guy with 38% of the of the boats. Hoop or bloop? I'm going to call it hoop. Like, why not? The, the dude has been balling and he's fun to watch. Like, sure, count him in. I don't know. Second in my list would be Jalen Reynolds, maybe, because, because seeing that big booty around pushing everyone... <laughs> dunking and screaming it's also fun to watch i don't know who, who maybe, would you have chose I mean, not... maybe a, a healthy vesely could be in my list and also True. now i'm gonna be a little bit homer but roland smith the guy with the smallest size of the competition that the he's a beast man. when he can he always tries to smash it so pure showtime man that's true. I like this under the radar choice that you made because he, it's true. He's one of the best dunkers out there. Best passer, Nick Kalathis with 61%. Joan, hoop or bloop? Gonna call it hoop. Like, yeah. why, do they, why do they even bother asking this question anymore? It's not even fun. It gets boring. Like, especially now without Campazzo to give him a bit of competition. Like, I don't know. Like, who comes second to you? Because Kalathis is such a, a different level. So Kalates would be first and second would be Kalates. And in third <laughs> place would be a Greek punger called Kalates. No, maybe we could uh, put Kostas Lucas there. Yeah, it's a Greek thing, I guess. Hmm. Passing this year in the Euroleague is a Greek thing. Yeah, they're thing. ballers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I yeah, love Kalates, love his Lucas. Um, but yeah, like let's let's jump into the next pangos. one. Because this one I, is too. Pangos. True. Yeah, Pangos. Maybe he's not that flashy, though. No, but, but he's really true. Really important with his team. So when the James were asked for which four teams would reach the final four, they said Barcelona and Cesca with a ninety-four percent, Madrid with a seventy-two, and Efes fifty-five. That is surprising. Joan, hoop or bloop? So, ready for a hot take? Okay, I'm gonna call it. Bloop. You know who I see Bloop. in there? Yes. Who? I see Milano. And I say it now, today, 20th of January 2021, I see Armenic change Milano in the final four. I think Barca and Cesca are also going to be there. But don't ask me exactly why. I think that either Efes or Real Madrid could not get into it. As a more rich option, I would say also Fenerbahce is my dark horse um, okay. option as well to get into the final four. Do you mm. agree with the GMs or would you also squish someone there? I mean, Barcelona, Madrid and Cesca for sure. Then I have my doubts with Efes. Let's see what happens 
with Zanam Musa. I think it could determine the options of the Turkish team and also if Shane Larkin spots up in the in the playoff games. And afterwards, yeah, maybe Milano, maybe Fenerbahce. I think they are the, the safest bets. So you don't see either Bayern or Zenit getting in there? Do, do you remember when Atlanta Hawks had a hell of a season in the NBA? I do. And they finished it first. That team with Cal Korver, Pormisa, Jeff Teague, yes. and so five on Five so All-Stars. On. Four or five yeah. All-Stars they had. Yeah, they had, I think, five. The, the whole starters. Yeah. Then they reached the playoff and they bloop. So yeah. I think the lack of experience here would determine that neither Zenit or Bayern will have options. But let's see. Maybe they surprise us. Let's see. Um, but it's a really great comparison. I remember that that team being blooped by LeBron easily 4-0 on the yeah. conference finals. Easy. Jo- Joan, best defender. Tavares with 44% of the votes. Hooper bloop. I'm going to call it Hoop. He's by far the most influencing player on the defensive end. Like He changes offenses, minimizes the interior, the interior opponent's contribution. And it's not a liability also defending the pick and roll. His influence is just too strong to be compared with anyone else. But, okay, the real question, it's a bit like Tavares here. Who comes second to you, Annie? Or, or even better, who's the best perimeter defender this year in the EuroLeague for you? Per- perimeter defender? Yes. Hmm? Oof, that's a difficult question to answer, Juan. Mm, maybe I like how Corey Higgins plays defense, for example. Or... Solid. Even oh no, I'm gonna say a classic. I'm gonna go with Rudy Fernandez. Wow. Yeah. Even I, I even think... far from his best physical years. Yeah, but I don't care. This guy when he wants to play defense, no nobody can with him. He's so smart. He's quick. Still, he knows how to position his body. So I'm I'm gonna go with him. Cool. Cool choice. Cool choice. You know who I like as a dark horse as well for a good defender. I'm all ears. Pierre Henry from Basconia. No, no, no way, Joan. No way. I'm sorry. No way. <laughs> this guy is the worst defender of the whole EuroLeague. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Oh my God. No, you cannot say that. This guy doesn't know how to play defense, but he puts a lot of hands. He's the best one putting hands and stealing balls, but with a position thing, like a body thing. He's the worst, man. He doesn't know how to play. But he's the league leader in steals. Okay, yeah, because that's two different things. One thing is defending. The other one is, okay, if you don't play defense and you're all the whole time trying to steal the ball, like putting hangs, being aggressive, yeah, maybe you're going to steal a lot of balls, but that's not defending. I love this segment already because you got so fired <laughs> up. I love yeah. it. I really love it. That's what that's what we were looking for. That's what we were looking for. That's a lost battle for me because I've been thinking about this the whole season and I've watched a lot of Basconia games, even in Ligandesa. And it's what, what I'm always thinking. Annie, you know you will have me now in the next Basconia game just watching how Henry positions himself on defense. Watch it closely. He's always putting hands, being a pain in the ass, but defending? You know when they, the coaches say that when there's a block, a block is a bad defense? Yeah. But it's the same with a steal. It's the same with Peria Henry's steal. <laughs> Amazing. You know, you felt like this about him. I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay, so, woof. Woof. 
Oof. <laughs> okay, Best so leader. This, is, this one is not going to calm you down. No. <laughs> Best leader. Scott Wilbekin from Maccabi with 16%. Joan, hoop or bloop? Or bloop, or bloop, bloop, bloop. Bloop, 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 bloop. What? It's like, that's the most surprising result for me by far. Like, if leadership by the EuroLeague GMs is just about offensive influence, then maybe it could make sense, kind of. Not even then for me. But yeah, most of the time he doesn't even try on defense. Like, probably, I don't know, maybe all those GMs know him better personally. And maybe his behavior behind the scenes is like really good. Maybe the way he talks to his teammates and coaches, I don't know. But with Maccabi currently out of the playoffs, it's mind-blowing to me. Best leader. If you ask me who's the best leader for me, maybe not an expected option. But I'm going to call it Kyle Hines. For example, and I could tell you like five names. Go ahead. Tell me five. Look, Nikola Mirotic. Yeah. For me, he's a great leader. Mike James. Man, Mike James is a great leader. Sergio Yui, another great leader. True. So all these guys should be... I know that it's a 16% of voting, so a lot of different players come up when the GMs were asked. But still, apart from Maccabi's president... Yeah. Who else voted for Scotty Wilbekin? Shall we agree that 16% of the EuroLeague GM should be fired immediately? (laughs) Fired of our podcast, for sure. <laughs> we don't want to see you here ever again, <laughs> ever again. Anyways, let's let's skip it because otherwise I'm going to get mad. Most fun to watch team, Alba, Barca and Valencia with 16% also. Hoop or bloop? I'm going to call it hoop, bloop, hoop. Because I see Alba and Valencia playing very well. You know, like always entertaining, always. It, it's always like fun to watch. Valencia is by far the best offense, one of the worst defense. That's why they are not with a, an extremely good record. And Alba, it just, you, every game is a roller coaster. You, yeah, they always move without the ball. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Then, okay, they get smacked inside and they are not able to win games <laughs> and stuff. FC Barcelona, I think, I think by the end of the season, I would vote them as well. But I mm-hmm. think that for a lot of games, they were still trying to understand Sara's way of playing. Seeing them defending, it's a beautiful thing to watch. That's very true. But on offense, I'm not feeling that same thing I've been feeling with, with Alba or even Valencia in this year. What about you? Would you call it hoop, hoop, hoop? Or uh, something doesn't, doesn't sound good to you in those, in those three? The same as you said. Hoop, bloop, hoop. Think... But Barça is far from being like really entertaining. They play a really complex basketball. And that is why Barcelona also has like a very slow pace. True. Maybe I would say Madrid. He's a really fun to watch team. Maybe now a little bit less with Campazzo leaving. True. And with Campazzo in there, they would be they would be for mm. sure one of the one of the most fun to watch teams. And of course Kim Ki. It's always fun to watch. <laughs> Especially Kim if you're Ki. not a Kim Ki fan. Yeah, exactly. If you're not a Kim Ki fan, Kim Ki is the most fun to watch team. Definitely. Definitely. Another one. 
And now we are almost finished. We have four left. Which Euroleague player would you sign? Mirotic, Larkin, and Tavares were the three names. Hoop or Bloop? Hoop. I mean, yeah. Probably the three most dominant players in the Euroleague at the moment, if you ask me. Like, maybe you could ask, you could add as well Mike James or two of my favorites, Micic or Slukas. They are also super influential on offense. But imagine that you've got a five-year-long project, okay? You are a GM, you get in a team, and they, tell, they give you a five-year-long project. You can start this project with the player you choose from whole Europe. doesn't need to be a Euroleague player, okay? okay? And the dude has to stay with you. He doesn't go to the NBA. He doesn't change teams. And for the matter of this question, he, he's happy staying with you. Who are you picking? And it has to be from only the EuroLeague or can be EuroCup too? No, no, no. From whole Europe. You can, you can choose okay. any player in Europe. Hmm. I think I would get... Do you know Victor Wembayama? He's That's a really young... Yeah, a really young player that he's uh, playing in Nanterre, the French team. He has eight, uh, 17 years old. He's 219, so it's almost 220 centimeters. He's a beast, tall as a pine. I've seen his his video playing uh, against Rudy Gobert this summer. Yeah. Wow, Annie, you surprised me there, man. That, that's why you're the expert. That That's a great choice. He's probably going to dominate. I, I see I, if, if he continues the way he's playing, I see him scoring... 25 per game in the EuroLeague in five years, for sure. John, sometimes you, you underestimate me, man. I never, I would never <laughs> dare to underestimate you. You know that. You want to hear my pick, though? Yeah, of course. But I think I know it, but... I think you're going to laugh. Tell my me. pick is our dear friend, my favorite player in this year's EuroLeague, Wade Baldwin the fourth. No Guard way. From... What a surprise. I couldn't have imagined that. <laughs> it's just I see him on the court and with those long arms with this smooth looking jumper with his way of, of driving to the rim and, and I just fall in love with him and he's just 24 so he's just 24 yeah he's gonna be at the peak of his powers in my team and I trust myself as a GM to 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 help him have a clear head and to be focused on the game and stop doing stupid mistakes and we're gonna dominate there was people that were saying that maybe next year we'll go to Madrid too. So imagine the two additions, Tomas Artel and Wade Baldwin. Wow. Wow. A couple of uh, hotheads though. Yeah. Yeah. That's completely true. It can, it can go like awesomely or it can be a disaster. Definitely. Yeah. Let's skip to the next question. Most uncomfortable opponent. So the GM said Football Club Barcelona with a 27% of the votes and then Sesca with a 23%. Joan, is it a bloop or a hoop? I'm going to call it bloop. It has to be Zenit, man. The masters of a slow pace, hard test defense and breaking every team's rhythm in the EuroLeague. You know, Pangos is on the court. You're going to play at Pangos' pace. He's going to choose when you can attack. He's going to choose when you can run. He's going to choose when you will need to deal with, with their uh, close defense. He's going to give you the shot you don't want to take. That's, that's what Zenit is doing. That's what they are for. That's why they are the most uncomfortable opponent in this year, EuroLeague. I assume FC Barcelona has better players, more potential, also Sesca. But the system... 
that Zenith has this year, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think Zenith here is the most uncomfortable and surprising opponent, actually. But then, yeah, I would say maybe Barcelona and Cesca. Let's skip fast to the next one. Best breakout season. They said Jordan Lloyd with a 20%. Joan, Hooper Bloop. Before answering this question, I have another question for you. Okay. How many answering a question with another question? Huh? Yes. Okay. You know, I'm I'm learning how this how this uh, sports journalist um, world uh, works uh, by now. Can you tell me how many wins Red Star have? Come on. I mean, I can check it right now. I don't know, but I'm going to check it. Just give me give me a, a quick moment. So. Red Star has seven wins, 13 loses after the win against Madrid. And if I'm telling you that there is a player, he's 24, he plays for the current sixth uh, team on the standings. He's just scoring 14 oh two points God, per game, again. four assists. So I have to call it so blue because annoying. the best, best, best breakout season so far is Wade Baldwin IV from FC Bayern Munich. He is killing it out there. He looks cool. He looks confident and he's just amazing, man. He's the leader of one of the best teams when no one was expecting him to be. So that's what I call a breakout season. Okay, I'm going to tell you two things. Firstly, you are annoying. Secondly, you're right. So when you're right, I admit it, you're right. Baldwin is having, yeah, for me, the best breakout season so far. So I give it this one to you. Okay, and finally, last one. Most clutch player. Mike James, 63%. Joan, is it a hoop or a bloop? Hoop. Mike James, clutch, clutch, clutch player this season. And for everyone having doubts out there, just go check round 11 against Real Madrid, last quarter, three plus one to win the game and seal it and go home and get the lead and be the fucking leaders of the EuroLeague. So... Mike James, clutch player, nothing to discuss. Mike drop, there you go. Well, yeah, obviously. But I think in this GM survey, they completely forgot or almost forgot entirely with Real Madrid. Where is Sergio Yui? Sergio Yui for me is the clutchest player in EuroLeague when he's throwing these watermelons from nine meters away from the basket and he nails it. Come on, man. Do you think his mandarins are getting are getting older? Do you think he still can make it on the clutch? Or do you think that now his mandarins doesn't reach the basket? Man, he's going to be 54 years old and he's still going to be clutch. So being clutch is not a, an age thing. Or maybe it's with the one you know, the older the better. Man, I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid you're right. And he's going to be scoring those shots forever. Forever. Unlikely for Barcelona fans, yeah, he will. Annie, man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really, really I, I had a really good, nice time here. That's well, amazing. As always. You know, was really, really fun to talk EuroLeague. It was a pleasure, as always. Um, we had a blast doing this podcast. I hope that you yeah. also enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, I did. Yeah. Remember the usual. You've heard, it, you've heard me saying it now five times. Listen to it, Spotify, especially Spotify. Do it, do it, do us a solid and listening to it there. Evox, follow on Twitter at DevotionPod, follow on Instagram at DevotionPod. Send your I Feel Devotion voice recording to devotionpodcast at gmail.com. We forgot about that. We want to receive your recordings. We want to 
change the people that is in the front. We are sick of, of my buddy Paul on all those people that already did it. Shoutouts to Paul, by the way, for providing the music for this podcast. Annie, something else you want to say before closing? That in a couple of days we have games again. Round 21st is here. And I just can't wait to watch more basketball, man. That's It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Okay. Enjoy a lot. Be happy. And above all, remember, devotion, you got to feel it. You are listening to The Devotion Podcast.